This is the She Dares to Travel podcast, and I am your host, Raquela Pollock. After spending a decade managing the number one travel agency in Canada, I am now here to connect you to women that are taking the travel industry by storm, as well as female business professionals that also have a passion for travel, just like me. We are here to inspire, uplift, and motivate you to not only follow, but plan out your dreams, no matter where in the world they may be. Hello, all you daredevils out there. Raquel here, and this is episode three of the Sheeters to Travel podcast. Thank, thank you so much for joining us today. This episode is all about working abroad, but it's got a bit of a twist because it's working abroad during COVID-19, which seems like a very daring thing to do because it is, but today's guest is no stranger to going on adventures like this, and she wanted to be exploring a different country while working over these past couple months. She is an expert solo traveler, the founder and CEO of Roselle Media Co., and she happens to have just finished her self-quarantine at her home in Toronto from her trip in France. Michelle, bonjour. How are you? Bonjour, ça va? <laughs> ça va? My <laughs> French is horrible. I, I failed miserably in high school French, so that's, that's all I know. But I'm good, thank you. Well, that's a great thing about going. You get to, like, you're forced to speak French. You're forced to remember all those things that you learned in, like, the fifth and sixth grade, so it was great. <laughs> yeah, I bet, hey, it all comes back. Being that you're back now, are you going through withdrawals of no wine and croissants every day? Oh, my God, you have no idea. <laughs> I was so spoiled on croissants over there. So I've been every day that I'm back, I'm like researching, okay, where do I get the best croissant in Toronto? And <laughs> thankfully, they're actually, even since the last time I was kind of in and around my neighborhood, so many like cute little French patisseries have popped up. Oh, so I'll have to, yeah, who knew? There you um, go. Check them out yeah. and then do notes, comparison notes on uh, which ones are the best. <laughs> well, they're owned by French chefs. So oh, I probably, they nice. were probably here before, but I never paid attention. I wasn't as desperate to, you know, eat a croissant as I am now. It's true. <laughs> I was following your stories uh, on Instagram there. And every morning it was like such a beautiful backdrop, croissant. Oh, it looked incredible. Croissant of the day. <laughs> a croissant of the day. Exactly. Um, how did your self-quarantine go for two weeks? It wasn't too bad. Um, I just, thankfully, you know, I have a little apartment right downtown. So I'm kind of near, um, a lot of my friends and everyone was offering to just drop drop off groceries but you know mm -hmm. I've got like those little um good food deliveries that you know were just dropped off at my door it was actually really really easy like it just kind of went by really really fast good um and with the cold weather like you're kind of in the mood to stay home and kind of just you <laughs> know cozy. cocoon <laughs> in French they call it cocooning so I'm like okay I feel like cocooning here I love it cocooning <laughs> that's good I mean tell us um all a little bit about yourself have you always been living in Toronto um so yeah I born and raised in Toronto when I when I started going to school though that's when I kind of started um when I was doing like my my bachelor's degree my master's degree I always left home um so you know I went to school in New York City and I went to school in Ottawa um, so Toronto's been home, but I've kind of haven't really been at home for a good chunk of the last, you know, 10, 15 years. Um, so that's kind of added to my, my travel bug is I always like to have a home base, but I don't mm -hmm. stay here that long. I usually get, I don't know if, how to call it. It's like a, like itchy palm syndrome. Like if I haven't been traveling uh -huh. for a long time, I just like get really itchy or I have like withdrawal symptoms. Yeah. Um, I'm always thinking about the next place to go. And that included when I was in school, it's like, Going local never even occurred to me. It's like, where can I go? Like, is there a school in New Zealand I can go to? Yeah. Um, 
exist anywhere. <laughs> wow. You um, recently were a social media director at a travel agency. And yep. leading up to that, and then, of course, now CEO of uh, Roselle Media Co., what were you doing prior to that? Or how did you kind of get into into social media? Uh, it's really it's so weird to discuss because I it, it was a long and winding road to get here. Um, like my my schooling was always in kinesiology and in sport policy. Literally okay. nothing to do with social media. No. Um, <laughs> like I worked for the government of Canada. Like literally, you know, I was a policy analyst. So far removed wow. from social media. Um, but thankfully for the Vancouver Olympics, I was a volunteer. Mm-hmm. And I did a lot of their blogging and social media and kind of just fell into it. Um, cool. I was just, I guess someone didn't show up to work one day. Like, Michelle, we need you to do this. And I just started doing it. And it was so much fun. Um, and so I just, when I came back home, I started working for, um, like tourism boards and travel boards, um, which eventually took me to like, you know, working for a hotel chain, doing their, their digital marketing. And it kind of, it was great. So I kind of fell into it while social media was kind of gaining its presence and while people were starting to market themselves via social media, um, which is definitely not something that was on the radar when I was going to, to school. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was just something that I can, I did not see myself going in this direction, but it has allowed me to, uh, it's allowed me a lot of independence. It's allowed me to, you know, work from a computer most of the time, um, just basically what all I wanted to do was just, you know, see the world and work while I did it. <laughs> um, when I wanted to, when I was a chef for a, for a short amount of time, that the reason I was a chef is just, well, everyone needs a cook. Like there are cooks everywhere in the world. I can work anywhere in the world by being a cook. Um, and so, I mean, that was really hard work and probably not what I'd go into again. Um, but social media is kind of the same thing. Everything's digital. Marketing is digital, digital marketing right now. You were looking for jobs that really do cater around uh, the flexibility of working remotely. Is, is that the reason why you decided during a pandemic, it'd be a good idea to go to France and work? Uh, that was definitely a large part of it. Um, I During the year, I had so many trips I had planned that all had to be canceled. Mm-hmm. And so like I mentioned before, you know, I had like the Itchy Palm Syndrome and I was actually planning to move out to Bali for a little bit. And then, you know, yes. their borders closed. And I, I was the entire year basically just looking to get out. Um, and so once I heard that the borders in Europe were opening, um, I was a bit hesitant just because, you know, there is, there is a whole stigma about traveling with, during COVID. Um, but I kind of, I did take my time and tried to find, you know, a location where I wouldn't be um, near a whole lot of people. So it, once you actually kind of narrowed down um, things that you were comfortable with, it made the decision a whole lot easier. And I really just didn't want to be stuck in my Toronto apartment. You know, it's a tiny place. And so when the weather got colder, I didn't want to be, you know, stuck in the same place with the same, mm-hmm. you know, view of the city I really just wanted to the opportunity just to go out and enjoy some nature and um, get some work done at the same time definitely did you have you been to France before oh yeah yeah okay so So I try and maybe go like once every few years I just I love France one of my favorites places in the world yeah it's a beautiful city I remember we went to um 
Paris. We were in Amsterdam and we just did a train ride, my husband and I, uh, to Paris for the night. One night in Paris. It sounded so romantic. <laughs> and then we showed up and things didn't really go as we, <laughs> as we had planned. So we had, I don't know, a run-in with a, a really rude taxi driver. We uh, got to our hotel, which was a dive, which we thought was going to be really nice. <laughs> we It rained the whole time, but <laughs> things kind of picked up. Like we saw the Eiffel Tower. It's a beautiful <laughs> city. It really is. So oh. I can understand why you wanted to go yeah Paris I mean love it or hate it it's just one of the it's one of the most beautiful cities in the world um yeah you know I mean it, it it has the same issues that most major cities have but you know there's just something redeeming about the architecture and mm-hmm. the food and the wine and croissants and, absolutely uh, of I course guess, yeah. the pastries <laughs> are so important so how long were you there for in total um so I was in France for about two and a half months two and a half months so a good nice. chunk of time like, oh, yeah. I definitely during COVID didn't want to just travel for two weeks. Um, if I was going to go, I was going to go for a long period of time. Um, like, I didn't want to risk my health and, you know, anyone else around me just by going for a couple of weeks. Like, I actually yeah. really was aware of just facing myself in one place yeah. um, and treating that one place as my home. Great idea. Because then you're fully, you're the longer you're always in a in a certain place, the more immersed you're in it. But especially right now with COVID, it makes sure. more sense, right? Because then you can do more of the distancing. You can take your time. How did you find traveling between places? Like which um, cities did you venture to when you were there? Um, I didn't really. I, I can't say I tra- that was one of the most. The, that was the biggest difference between traveling um, outside of the pandemic and during was I didn't really travel that much in between. Um, so I started off my trip in Paris. I spent about a week in Paris. Um, again, I, one of my favorite cities in the world. Mm-hmm. And then I made the decision to move to the south of France. Um, so mainly because there's a lot of room. There isn't a huge population. So when I say south of France, sorry, I should probably clarify that and say Provence. Okay. Um, so it wasn't near the coast and a lot of small towns, which is really what I wanted. I wanted that small town feel and I wanted to feel part of a community. Yeah. Um, so I spent a good chunk, about a month of my time in a place called Avignon. Mm. Um, that's basically the, the capital um, town of Provence. Um, but actually not in Avignon. There was a, like a little smaller town just outside, like a 20 minute walk away called Villeneuve. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just, it became such a home to me. It was so lovely. Oh, so nice. So what type of things did you do while you were there? Because I know, of course, you're you're technically working abroad, too. I can imagine how hard it is to <laughs> balance working and being a tourist. <laughs> oh, what's funny is the time difference helped. Oh. So back home when I'd be working, um, it was kind of it was really hard to separate, you know, work from leisure. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I just, I'd find myself working all day, like from the moment I woke up, even like yeah. once I was off the clock, because you work in social media, there's always stuff happening. And so, you know, a lot of my job requires me to be on my phone. And so I, you know, be searching for posts, um, like industry posts or just, you know, things I shouldn't be doing on my leisure time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, once there's a, a time difference, you, there's that easy separation, like, my job doesn't open until three o'clock in the afternoon France time. So I basically, you know, I went out to the cafe. I did, you know, writing for myself. Mm-hmm. I started working on my own website. And it was just amazing how much time I had to myself. I planned little day trips here and there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for the most part, I just immersed myself in 
a small town and it was just the best decision. It's it's interesting too because it I can imagine it takes away a lot of the distractions that we get in our norm, our normal day to day. Like even if you were yeah. at home in your apartment um, working, it's a lot easier to get distracted to just be like, eh, I'm gonna put that off or you yeah. know do something different. Where yeah, I guess exactly. you remove the distractions and in a way you still can yeah immerse yourself so you're enjoying or even yeah. if you're on your patio you're still enjoying a view that's very different than what you'd have from home. So it's very interesting. And I think because you start the day for yourself as opposed to you know a normal work day where you start the day working for someone else so it was just that whole change in mentality that I think just worked for me and um, just worked for my mental health to be honest I I had never felt so relaxed and wow um, you know in France they start having wine at 11 a.m so (laughs) no wonder you're feeling so relaxed (laughs) This is acceptable <laughs> type of work that I like to I'm do. I'm like, I can get used to this. <laughs> and I did. Yeah. Oh, I bet. I will. And I, I keep thinking to travels pre-COVID because, I mean, we, uh, so friends and I and my husband squeaked in a trip to Thailand in like over New Year's uh, last year. And it was right before COVID and everything. And I, I try to think of what it would have been like if we were there during and the differences. Like, did you notice a lot of things, uh, you know, were closed? Did they have different lockdown rules or social distancing when you were there that really stood out to you? Um to be honest, what was really different was the mentality. Um, even when I was on the phone with, um, you know, friends and family back home, like you could feel the stress level rising. Like as COVID cases were rising, I could feel the tension in my friends' voices as well. Like they were getting stressed out. But life in Europe was very different. It was something that existed, mm-hmm. but wasn't affecting them personally. They still went about their daily lives, albeit, mm-hmm. you know, in France, you always have to wear a mask, whether it's in the, indoors or outdoors, yeah. no matter where you are. Um, so everyone was wearing a mask, but at the same time, it was still less stressful. You can have a conversation with someone in France and not talk about COVID. Yeah, um, wow. It wasn't really in the news all day. Mm-hmm. And I think that had a lot to do with my my mental health as well, was just, it wasn't in your face every day. That is a huge, yeah, (laughs) that's a huge thing that I think a lot of us are struggling with. And it's that constant thing where I I even keep, you know, the news, my notifications, everything off of my phone right now, because it's so overwhelming that it's something that some days I just don't want to think about it. I want to like, I actually put up my Christmas tree uh, (laughs) recently (laughs) in no, no last weekend in November. And my husband's like, what are you doing? I'm like, you know, I want some cheer. I wanted to focus on something other than this. And I think that yeah. that that says a lot, actually, about the way that they're yeah. doing things. Right? Yeah, there were, you know, less people allowed in restaurants. But, you know, mm-hmm. the whole there's a whole cafe culture in France. And, you know, cafes were spilling out even farther than they used to before, just because they were trying to, to fit in, you know, more people, but in a socially distanced way. So people yeah. were still able to maintain that, you know, a little bit of normalcy, um, even though it looked a bit different. Exactly. Did did you notice anything um, from locals, knowing that you were an international tourist? Were you treated differently at all? Not really. People were for, people were more curious about what I was doing in their small town. Um, <laughs> everyone knows everybody when you're staying in a small town. Yeah. Um, they were more curious about the fact that I was traveling by myself. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, and what I was doing, like why I was always on my computer. Yeah. Um, but in terms of 
any animosity for traveling during COVID. I think for the most part, they were happy that I was visiting. Nice. Um, they were always very welcoming and um, always very friendly to me. Um, I, there was never any um, any feeling of me being uncomfortable or being made to feel uncomfortable by anybody. Yeah. Most people were just really happy that I was there. Oh, I love that. It's true. And it's it's something, again, the travel industry, as we know, has been hit so hard. And you can imagine these small mom and pop type places and yeah. shops and restaurants are being affected so much anywhere in the world. So that's really great to hear that they really appreciated you being there for sure. Like in the summertime, Provence is a huge tourist destination. And, yeah. you know, even though I, I went to visit in September where, you know, tourism usually drops off. You could tell they didn't really get the tourists this year, or you know, they got a few, but not that many. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, they were just really happy to see people coming Definitely. back. Well, and it'll explode. Like once you you know things are are changed and for the better, it will it'll get back to what it was. So uh, that part is very sure. exciting. Now, <laughs> with the, sure. the two and a half months in France, what would you say your favorite part or area was? There was a, so during our Thanksgiving, um, I thankfully had a long weekend and spent it in this little town just outside, about an hour outside of Avignon called Roussillon. And um, basically it was just a hilltop town, but the earth basically was all kind of red tinged. Um, it was kind of as if, I don't know if you've ever seen, you know, photos of um, the outback in Australia, but the earth had that tone yeah. to it. Um, and basically the entire town was on a, on a hill and the entire town itself was just all tinged in like peaches and pinks and like light pastels. It was just such a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful town and such really nice people and delicious food. And wow. I would go back there in a heartbeat. Yeah. There. And that was your first time there? So that was my first time there. Nice. Yeah. It, it was great. That's another reason why, you know, staying, basing yourself in one place for a longer period of time, you do get to experience the smaller towns whereas normally if I were traveling you know pre-COVID I would have probably stayed to the, the larger towns yeah and just kept moving as opposed to just you know really experiencing small town life I love that and it's such a different pace yeah. right and we're I mean you're right in Toronto the hustle and bustle is is real mm -hmm. people got to know my people knew my name people I remember Aww. there was this one cafe I used to come into She'd see me coming and already have my coffee ready. Aww. Like that, it was just such a great, yeah. It was that that feeling that you belong yeah. somewhere, um, even though you're a visitor, was so wonderful. It just it kind of made it feel like home. So mm -hmm. you know, I am gone for a long period of time, and to be able to come somewhere and feel welcome um, really went a long way. It was it was I was very comfortable there. Well, when working abroad, what would you say would be the biggest tips on staying focused? The first thing I would say is stick to a routine. Um, so if you want to go out to a cafe every day at 10 a.m. and have a croissant before you start working, do that every day. It just keeps keeps you um, in the same kind of like mind frame every single day. Um, and other than that, my biggest, biggest piece of advice is to not get bogged down by all the thoughts that you have in your head. Um, I'm definitely the type of person I'm thinking about, you know, 50 different things at once and then sometimes I definitely lose motivation because of all the things I think I need to do, all the things that I don't think I'm good enough at, all the things that um, I, I've done that I'm not happy with. Um, you take all those thoughts that you have and you put them into, um, you either write them down or I use a project management system 
where I just take all the ideas that I have. And it's amazing how great you feel once you just get your thoughts from your head and into writing. And you just realize that all those thoughts were just clouding your focus every day. So the minute that you get them out and out of your head and onto a screen and put it into something that you can actually then action, like schedule or think about later, you actually end up focusing more on what you need to at any given time. It's not that you forget about what you were thinking about. Um, you've just compartmentalized it a bit better. And to be honest, that is probably the only thing that has kept me going the last few months because I just, you know, I've had so many different things going on. Like I have different clients and then I also have, you know, my travel schedule. I mean, I know things, um, of course, with the second wave and everything that's going on right now, there must have been a bit of a push for you to get back to Canada for your return because you got back, I guess, two weeks ago now. How was your return and the flight and being at airports <laughs> and that experience? Oh, my gosh. Well, I don't even know where to start with this. <laughs> so the only reason that I actually came back was I was supposed to actually return back to Toronto in December, like December 6th. And then my flight got canceled and put, was pushed back to December 12th. And then that flight got canceled. And then it was just a matter of, okay, now, like, flights are getting canceled. And so at that time, France was entering their own, like, national lockdown. Yeah. You couldn't really travel too freely between regions. Mm -hmm. um, and so I was actually staying in a small alpine town called Chamonix. Mm. And it was basically far, far removed from a lot of regions. So I had to, you know, just quickly pivot and say, okay, I need to get out of here so I'm in a place where I can travel more freely. So I left there and went to Paris and then tried to figure out a way to get back home and realized, wow, there are a lot of canceled flights. And so thankfully I, I did manage to find a flight back to Toronto via Lisbon. Okay. Yeah. So I ended up leaving within a week. Um, I spent a week in Paris in lockdown, yeah. um, which was still wonderful. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like my favorite, my favorite patisserie was right across the corner from where, from where I was staying. So I was working in my apartment and going to the history. Oh. Hey, I still had a great time. Yeah, which is but... rare. I know to say you've had a wonderful time during a <laughs> lockdown. I don't think I've ever heard that I... in the same sentence. <laughs> but like you're still in it was just, Paris for me is such a magical place. So like in in France, you're only allowed out for 1 hour a day. I need to carry with you like a declaration saying you're only out for exercise or you're only outside to get necessities. Wow. Um, and so every day I fill out my form for my 1 hour a day. Um, to get croissants and to get myself some wine. And, you know, I still was living in such a beautiful city that I didn't really, it didn't feel like quarantine to me, even though wow. I was still working from my apartment. What an experience. Um, and so, you know, people were just like, oh, your trip must be ruined. And I'm like, no, it's, it's actually, this is wonderful. I'm, I'm working. My, my view outside is, you know, just those stereotypical Parisian buildings with, you know, the mm -hmm. awnings. And it was, I loved it. Very I cool. probably could have stayed another three weeks if, you know, flights weren't. <laughs> if your flights weren't, yeah, weren't getting canceled all the time. <laughs> oh man! So then, with your flight through Lisbon, did that go pretty smoothly? Were there any delays? No, but uh, the flight from Lisbon to Toronto. I mean, again, there was more people than I was expecting. There was a lot of again digital nomads. There was a lot of students on the flight just okay. because they wanted to make sure that they were home for Christmas. 
Yes. And with the options narrowing down, people were just leaving. But at the same time, they were taking your temperature at the airport. And yeah, I guess for in Canada, you have to fill out, there's a, an app you need to download um, mm. and have it on your phone for the your duration of your quarantine and just keep checking in to say, no, I don't have symptoms. That's the um, um, ArriveCan yeah, app? pretty easy. Yes. The ArriveCan, yes, yeah. It saves you a whole bunch of paperwork once Good. you arrive. Like I definitely saw a lot of people just filling out forms and I'm like... Just walking by them, like you, you're doing this the hard way. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's good though. That's really, really good. So yeah. I mean, at least it was a smooth enough experience coming back. It's too bad you had to cut your yeah. trip short, of course, but I, I understand why definitely. But now I have a few airline credits that I can use for my next trip. Hey, okay. I know all the airline credits out there. I've got quite a few burning a hole in my pocket actually at this moment. Yeah, yeah. It's like. I'm the type of person that always needs to be planning. Like as soon as I come home from one trip, I need to be planning the next one. Mm-hmm. And so knowing that I have um, like two airline credits at this point, yeah, it's actually, it, it's helped quite a lot knowing, okay, Michelle, you'll still be out there eventually. Like just, just plan your next trip. Just plan it. And it's then fun. when you're ready, it's all planned. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I actually um, was talking to a girlfriend yesterday and we're like, okay, let's plan a trip for January, 2022. And we're going to go for the entire month to the Philippines and we're going to Island hop and we're going to see all these places. It's going to be fantastic. And then we decided we're not going to book it. We're just going to plan it. So we have something to look forward to. And we have this rocking itinerary of what we want to do in those places. And then at the moment we can book it, we'll get it done. So that in in a way is like, Oh, it brings back that excitement for travel a little bit too. Yeah. Yeah. And then you don't have to worry (laughs) about it. Especially for people that have the bug. Yeah, yeah, for that's sure. just it. So for, for those sure. people that are looking to work abroad, maybe in the future, is there anything that you'd recommend or any tips that you'd give for suggestions for them? The biggest tip is, you know, you really do need to take the time and find a place that's right for you. Um, I know a lot of people just, you know, all of a sudden want to run off to a beach or to run off to some, you know, remote destination. But if you're actually working you do need to you do need to take into mind connection speed, um, mm. accessibility to common workspaces, accessibility is is there Wi-Fi in cafes? Mm-hmm. Um, those are a lot of things that kind of sometimes put a damper on, but in terms of you being able to work, make all the difference. Yeah. Very, very true. I read a while back that some hotels, like in Mexico, the Hard Rock Hotels, they were doing a work abroad program or a, a schooling abroad program. So they would mm-hmm. actually, um, they're catering to families or business professionals that just want to be gone for long periods of time. Yep. And they make sure there's good Wi-Fi speed. They talk about the connection that they need or whatever workspace areas um, in their hotels. And then for the kids, they actually have kind of like a little schooling area. And then whatever curriculum they need to do, they can do with you there. So people are getting very creative i've never even thought oh, of that sure. before mm-hmm. really and, creative. i mean one thing that COVID has taught us is you know so many of our jobs we now realize can be done remotely mm-hmm. reading an article the other day and um, that the most successful companies going forward post-covid will have to offer remote work opportunities 
Definitely. Especially like yeah. it's such a fantastic option. And I think for a lot of people, some people work so hard, uh, including myself working mall hours in a retail travel agency mm-hmm. location for 10, nine years. And just prior to COVID hitting, I ended up swapping and then working from home. So I kind of had that experience, but it's, I wanted that, that experience. I wanted to be at home. Yeah. I wanted to pick my hours to work. And I think for a lot of people, it, it means a lot to have that as an option. And we're so connected now. Like there are so many programs that help us stay connected mm-hmm. where we don't need to be, have a physical location. Yeah, exactly. It's and, Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very true. And I actually also read um, a lot of, a lot of countries now before they start opening their borders to the general population, to tourism, they're first opening up their borders to workers and they're mm-hmm. offering working visas for remote workers. The Bahamas is doing it, and yeah. I believe Thailand will be opening their borders to um, working tourists yeah. before the general population. And same with Bali. Bali is op- is uh, offering visas for working tourists before they'll open it up for um, tourism. For tourism, so there's a lot of opportunities right now for people that want to work abroad. Yeah, and it's just a matter, like you said, finding that right location that's going to cater to the needs that you need in order to get your work done. Yeah, and hours, of exactly. course, like Bali's hour our change is so different. So that would be a little tricky, yeah. but, but it's all doable, right? Depending on how you want to, yeah. how you want to work it. Now I know you've traveled you. um, a ton in your lifetime and a lot of the <laughs> travels that you've done have usually been solo, which is really, really cool. Yeah. Cause I think that's something that I know, even as a travel agent, a lot of females would always come in and just say, Hey, I want to, I want to travel solo, but I don't even know where to begin how that works. Where would you say is one of your favorite destinations you've been to? Oh, for solo travel, I have to yeah. say Australia. Okay, was it was so easy to travel on your own in Australia. Um, you know, it's it's a place where just driving around the coast, yeah, is is such a relaxing, wonderful thing. And Australians as a whole, they're so friendly. They're such a friendly group of people. If they see that you're by yourself, they'll buy you a round of beer. That's a great. Yeah, yeah. Us a, Canadians like so that. So wonderful. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, and there's you know I found there's also no judgment. So there's a lot of places where I'll travel where you know you're sitting in a cafe by yourself and people will ask you what you're doing there by yourself or oh my god you're not here with your husband oh my god, you're not married <laughs> you know I I feel like often there's like a script you need to follow when you're in some countries trying to explain why you're traveling by yourself <laughs> like Australians because they're so remote. Um, they often, you'll see Australians traveling all around the world. They're often by themselves. And I, I, that's why I don't think there's that stigma attached to solo travel in Australia and why they're so welcoming to solo travelers as well. Cause it's such a, yeah, very normal thing. Well, and I find so many Canadians go to Australia and vice versa for the most part too, yeah. for travel. Did I think you... our countries yeah. are very similar and just mm-hmm. what, from just speaking to Australians is that, is they also feel very at home in Canada I just feel like our personalities are very, very similar. Did you drive uh, yourself when you were there on the other side of the road? So I actually, for part of the trip, I, so I started the trip out on the West Coast Mm -hmm. instead of East Coast. So I drove up and down the West Coast on my own. Um, Yeah, on the other side of the road. And there were a lot of close (laughs) calls. Yeah, you just. Like, just looking over the hood of your car, it's like, I don't know if it's your depth perception. It just doesn't look as far 
and oh my god i i i thought i i thought i killed a person once oh no <laughs> i i didn't but i was just like oh my god that was i too close i just had to stop and was just like that was that was hard oh man that's like in um <laughs> in ireland my husband and i like we he drove i did not even try i couldn't i couldn't do it but he one time i remember he just tried to make the right hand turn but it was like a close one like um a tight right hand instead of a wide and so mm -hmm. we ended up going into oncoming traffic like oh, in no. a four-way intersection and i was like no, oh, no. Like, yeah but it's a hard oh, one to get I your can feel mind going i can feel it <laughs> oh it's so true oh first of all once you stop turning on the wipers instead of your your blinkers oh yeah um that <laughs> i could see that being a big issue actually a big one. Oh, every time yeah every time <laughs> well <laughs> on the heels of driving on the other side of the road what would you say if you had to pick one i'm sure there's a ton your funniest travel story is oh my gosh so i mean funny funny we were just talking about europe but my very very first trip abroad I had just finished my master's degree. I remember, I still remember this feeling. I dropped off my, um, my published thesis on my supervisor's desk and that day booked it <laughs> out of town. And I literally booked it. Um, and I went to Europe for um, three months. Wow. And so it was my very, very first kind of backpacking trip. It was definitely my first time anywhere far away. Um, and I didn't really, I didn't know the ins and outs of, of travel. Like I wasn't, I, I actually said I was probably late to the travel game. I didn't really know what the etiquette was. And so my very first, it was, it was my very first day on a train. I was going from Belgium to Amsterdam. And this is also a, a PSA for anyone who's looking to travel by train in Europe. Um, I had to pee so badly. So I get on this train, I'm like dying to pee. I put down my bag and go to the bathroom. Not realizing you're not supposed to go to the bathroom while the train has stopped. And so as I'm mid pee, the door just slides open. <laughs> and there's like, there's a woman standing oh in front God. of me and she's laughing hysterically. <laughs> but also she's trying to shield me from the, like the platform because it was a full <laughs> platform and I was out in the open just oh peeing and I'm like midstream I I was dying to pee I was mid there was no way that I I was able to stop so she's laughing hysterically but also trying to hide me I was mortified <laughs> that's so, so brutal because <laughs> those platforms so get PSA busy your listeners yeah <laughs> yeah it's any any European platform is always busy so many so, people word to the wise don't go to the bathroom while the train is stopped <laughs> they almost need to have signs on the well they probably do <laughs> I don't even they know probably do. Right. oh my god that is something I'm sure you will never make that mistake again Ever. No. no. What was funny is this time riding on the train, I just refused to go to the bathroom. I'm like, I don't trust these doors. Like, I just, yeah. Smart. There I, you go. I just hold it. I was traumatized. That is too <laughs> funny. Well, for all of those female solo travelers that are dreaming about future travels and just about going somewhere on their own, what would you say to those ladies looking to fly solo somewhere? You know, I, I feel like women for some reason have been conditioned to believe that they need to do something with someone else like um you know whether it's going to the bathroom by themselves going you know shopping with someone else um we've somehow been conditioned that we need someone to go with us or you know the fact that 
people think that the world is such a scary place and everyone's out to hurt you. But it's, it's actually quite the opposite. I feel like as a solo traveler, people have been looking out for me more than I felt like someone was trying to take advantage of me. Um, I started traveling and, you know, just stayed at hostels the entire time. And I feel like by staying at hostels, you're staying with an environment of people that are looking out for each other. Um, so it's just, I think, and I got over that fear very quickly of, you know, not being able to do it on my own. Um, just because of that level of support from fellow travelers. Um, and I think cool. it's just, mm-hmm. I, I, I can't even stress enough how much support you get from fellow travelers abroad. Mm-hmm. Um, whether you're with someone or, or you're not, like the fact that you're kind of out doing something adventurous together kind of brings you together. Um, and I feel like women, definitely, I feel like we, we're, we're a smart group of people. We have good instincts. We, women especially have to remember that they have the ability, you know, in their daily lives to do this. Mm-hmm. And you can translate that to when you're traveling. Like there are so many benefits that you get from traveling on your own. You become, you become more independent. Um, you learn to um, take things on the fly and to, to live um, for the now and you know be able to pivot and I feel Mm -hmm. like things like that are very transferable to daily life here especially if you want to be an entrepreneur you know independence being able to think on the fly getting out of your comfort zone thinking outside of the box those are all qualities that you learn when you're traveling by yourself that can be applied in your daily life and that you'll learn from and grow from and I think a lot of the reasons why I am where I am and the person that I am now is because of all of my experiences traveling by myself. Yeah, I believe that. I read an article the other day that uh, companies nowadays actually look at travel history when they are looking to hire someone. So just and travel experience and some companies really value that because of exactly the qualities and traits that you said. So it really it shows how some people can think really quickly on their feet and you have to pivot and change and think outside the box to get through some situations because travel doesn't always go smoothly. That's I know it's not a thing. (laughs) It's not a thing. No, Very cool. Very, very cool. Where so you are CEO of Roselle Media Co. Where can people find you? Um, so you can catch us online at uh, www.rosellemediaco.com, but also on social media at Roselle Media on Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest. Beautiful. I love it, Michelle. And always, as always, thank you so much for your insight, your sense of adventure, uh, really during one of the hardest times hit uh, in travel. And I just really appreciate you chatting with us today. So thank you for your stories. Oh, no, thank you for having me. I'm always happy to, to talk travel. I appreciate it. Getting me to shut up is (laughs) (laughs) probably the hardest thing to do. It's like, Michelle, we're done. Stop. (laughs) It's amazing, though. Travel is something that I, for anyone that's passionate about it, it's something that's so easy to talk about, definitely. And I just want to thank you again. It really just goes to show that anything is possible when you are wanting a change. And I really commend you, Michelle, so much for taking the leap of faith to explore Europe safely. And I know this may not be a realistic opportunity for everyone, but one day the borders will open further and with so many companies and businesses
businesses having more of a focus focus on working online uh, or from home, you really never know where it may lead you in the world. Or maybe there's a passion project that you've been working on and it's been put on the back burner or something you wanted to start up. Now is really the time for us to get creative because who knows when we will have more time to focus on ourselves like we do now. If you like this episode, please subscribe and download a few more and leave a review. I would really love to hear from you, what you enjoyed and what your key takeaways were. And of course, let me know if there's any aspect of the travel industry that you want me to talk about next. You can search for the hashtag She Dares to Travel podcast on Instagram and comment on the episode's post with your questions. I would love to answer them for you. I hope you enjoy your day. Stay so well. And until next time, fly straight. This wouldn't be possible without our sponsor, Staples Studio, where I am currently recording from. Check them out on their website, studio.staples.ca. It truly is a new approach to co-working with community at its heart. There's access to hot desks, meeting, and event spaces all across North America. So thank you so much, Staples Studio, for connecting us and sponsoring this podcast. And thank you for listening. Enjoy, and be sure to subscribe and follow along.